All right, welcome to another edition of the D.C. Sports Huddle. It is sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork. You know George Wallace. You're pretty familiar with Dave Preston. And uh, guys, we've reached the midpoints of the NFL season. And the commanders, uh, in my estimation anyway, they are who we thought they were at four and five. Uh, so kind of assessing where they're at at the midway point of the season. Uh, heading into Philadelphia, they've got a chance to uh, stun the world. We'll talk about what it takes to perhaps uh, pull off that upset. But um, at the midway point of the season, guys, uh, are they where we thought they would be? And uh, and who do we think maybe is the MVP of the first half of the season. I'll lead off because Dave looks like he nah. he needs a second. But <laughs> the uh you know, at this point of the season at four and five, look, they they lost a couple that I thought that they would win. They won a couple that I thought that they would lose. So um they're about where I thought they would be at four and five. I will say though, my pick for MVP in this first half was so funny. It's just funny. Yeah. You you didn't have them <clears throat> three, four and two? No. No. Because I don't like ties. Just through that, you know. I don't like to wear ties, and I don't like ties in my football. But the uh, my, here's my MVP, and this is going to be a co-MVP, okay? Because I know how much you like that. And you, hey, that's kind of like a tie, right? It is kind of like a tie. It is. You it's don't a like co-MVP is right. like two people but, tying. He's but, right. All right. But, but, but this, this listen, episode's over now. Now we make the rules here. So do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah you're right. Who do you right. got? All right, so I'm going to say, because they've basically spent their entire careers together anyway, Deron Payne, mm-hmm. career high in sacks sure. this season, yep. right. and Jonathan Allen, who yep. has been just the catalyst for this team yep. uh, pretty much since uh, since he was a first-round pick a few years ago. Now, uh, those two guys, look, you look at what they were able to do stopping the run, you look at what they were able to do pushing the, pushing the pocket against the pass. I mean, uh, any way you slice it, those two guys have been very, very impactful and so I can't choose one, so I'm going to so take it's a tie. both yeah, it's, it's a tie. of the Alabama boys in the middle. George I, Wallace sees them practice I, all the time. Yeah. So. Well, not really. but Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, can't. you're in the locker room. Yeah. You even have an honorary locker. I do. You're there. It, 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 and Jonathan Allen's, <laughs> yeah, he got a couple. Listen, I don't normally agree with you on anything. Yeah. But I lately, am but, going yeah. to agree on Jonathan Allen. Okay. I mean, I, I, whatever. You can make a case for both. I, I totally sure. get that. And Payne's been lights out. And he's going to get paid next year. So, oh yeah, here uh, or wherever. Yeah, it's not going to be here. Yeah, um, <laughs> bummer. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, but yeah, well, I don't think that's or, a stretch. Or maybe not. Yeah, I don't no, think it's that's a stretch. stretch. It's not a stretch. But any, anything can happen now with this ownership thing. But anyway, I think, I think from the way they started the season, and you know everybody was on Del Rio after weeks one and two, they've basically saved the season as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, with the, the three defense, game win streak. Yeah. The defense as of. Right now, the way they've been playing, they finally realized William Jackson was not going to work out. It's a shame that it took, I say it this way, it took this long to figure that out, but I give them credit for figuring it out and cutting bait. Quickly, Doing due right? diligence, but yes. not keeping them too long. There, there's Correct. a fine line between that. Yeah. I mean, should they have done their homework more before? Yes. But yes. <laughs> when they realize it and they move on, I, I give them credit for that. So I, I see. I think you're seeing that. Uh, you know, the way the defense has been playing uh, since that. Um, and I give Del Rio a lot of credit for, for this. And to your point, I mean, the guys up front, especially Allen and Payne, have been uh, a season saver as far as I'm concerned. 
Two names that we've not mentioned. I, I agree with you guys that the defensive line has been the best unit so far this season. Uh, tied for 11th in the NFL in sacks, 11th in stopping the run, and it's on the shoulders of the two guys from Alabama. But uh, it, not to jump on the bandwagon, I'll go. I'll choose two other names that may be my tie for co-MVPs. Curtis Samuel. After the season he had last year, or lack of season that he had last year, I think he had 10 touches all no? season. No, I agree. Oh. Uh, just being able to, especially with Jahan Dotson's injury, yeah. being able to provide, uh, provide that secondary threat for this passing game, an underwhelming passing game. You want, one can only imagine what they would be without Curtis Samuel uh, as a target, especially on third down. He's been the go-to guy for Taylor Heineke the last couple weeks. He's my 1A. My 1B is Tressway. Yeah. <laughs> what a freak. He is too good for this team. Yeah. Like, you'll see them have a, a comically bad three and out, He's and young. he will get them out of re- horrendous field position, and sometimes the other team might muff it. Uh, the, he, he traditionally this season has put, and he has continually put the opponents in, you know, off balance, on their heels. Uh, you don't see big returns against him and he's able to flip the field and with an offense that doesn't put up a lot of points uh, under 20 per game in an era where good teams are are averaging 35 or good teams are averaging 25 to 30 and great teams are averaging 30 plus he's he's giving their offense a chance to get good field position back when the d-line makes their plays and that's why tressway easily three or four times a game that i watch I will tweet, he is too good for this team. And he, I mean, but it's also the most Washington thing ever yeah. that the best player and most valuable player on their team be a punter. But he is because, solid. And every time yeah. he – I mean, it's he's lights out every time. Also, in, as you were speaking, it called this to mind because we just lost the uh, great Ray Guy, who's, I think, objectively the best punter in NFL history, uh, right. uh, certainly among them if he's not the best. But um, he – had a ridiculous streak of like 691, I think the number, or 619 mm-hmm. right. uh, straight punts without a block. And he'd only gotten blocked three times in his career. And I think that's another aspect of Tressway is that you don't really see him get blocked. Yeah. He's able to not only he get those off, no. but... Until this weekend now, but yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because I brought it up. Remember how bad special teams were in like 2013, uh, 2014, oh, yeah. late Shanahan, early Gruden, and yeah. guys were getting, kicks were getting blocked yeah. right and left. It, yeah. it, it was Brandon Banks. Oh, it was oh, everything. Yeah. And oh, I the fact that, I mean, granted, this team is a long ways away. You know, they're, 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 they're four and a half games out of, of first place right. in the NFC East. Yeah. But... Only you know, a game out of a wild card. Think which is of bizarre. how think Crazy. of how bad they would be with an average punter, yeah, as, I agree. as opposed to a guy who is really, uh, gosh, I mean, two touchdowns, you know, in the winning streak, uh, one against Green, or a field goal against Green Bay, and then a touchdown against the Bears that provided the margin of victory in both of those games are from his foot. Yeah. And you know how much I love flips the field perfectly. You know how much I love ridiculing Preston, but yes. this is not one of those instances because here's the thing: in Washington, we know this better than most other cities. Is uh, the the way that Joe Gibbs used to hammer home the importance of special teams. Right. Mm-hmm. That truly is. I mean, there are three phases of the game. It's not just offense and defense. Everybody yep. wants to think of special teams as an afterthought. I mean, you can lose or win a game based on special teams. You talk about. Hidden yardage and all of that stuff, man. Special teams, 
that's important. So Trustway is an MVP for the team. Uh, I'm I'm actually not mad at that. I'm actually in agreement. And along those lines, special teams may only be 10 plays in the 80 to 90 plays, right. but possession changes. Those are the most high leverage plays, yep. meaning that the the difference between normal and absolute abject disaster. Correct. <laughs> the, the chances on those plays are higher than any other uh, on any other play, and uh, we're just we're fortunate to have Tressway on this. Absolutely. Team. I just want to. This is really bizarre. Okay. Well, you, I agreed with you. You're yeah. complimenting him. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, this is a very positive episode. I, 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 as a matter of fact, I it's meant like to read off that way because oh. as of this recording, we don't know what the big news is going to be surrounding the commanders that uh, oh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah, stay tuned. This is yeah. this is being recorded on Wednesday. So. Uh, as a matter of fact, it might render all of this moot. But, you yeah. know, <laughs> right. we might be just doing this for nothing. The but, team might get broken up by yeah. Congress tomorrow and right. players disseminated all there throughout you go. the league. Oh, man, wouldn't that be something? That would but, be, uh, yeah, that's, that's the nuclear option. All right, well, assuming that doesn't happen, what do we expect for Washington in the second half of the season? Now, I, before the season, I picked them to go 7-10. and 10. They, yeah. don't, they haven't given me any reason to come off of that prediction. And, in fact, I think the late bye week, and I've said this a few times, I think the late bye week is going to screw them up royally. It could be bad. Because, yeah, because at this point, you're you're at the midway point of your season now. You still have, what, four games left now until your One, bye? So, two, I mean, three, that's a, those are all – those are all that, that's a wild card right yeah, there. You might be right. so beat up and because uh, we're still waiting on Cole Holcomb to come back and uh, Jahan Dotson is, has been out for the last few games. So, um, so yeah, so four. I think 7-10 and 10 still seems like the uh, – uh, the scenario, in my opinion. What are you thinking, George? I so I think that uh, I think we're going to find out a lot in the next two to three weeks. You've got Philly, who's undefeated, but then you got Houston and Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I fully expect I'm going to say it on this program between three of us and <laughs> however many other people, people watch it. That's right. Uh, I think Carson comes back in two mm. weeks. Oh wow, I do. That would I be think brutal. you're going to, especially if Taylor does not perform. Against Philly, now he goes out and beats Philly. Okay, maybe that changes everything. But I think Carson's, you know, he got a chance to beat Houston and Atlanta. I, you know, that's just my gut that they that he's going to give him another chance. I think this whole ownership thing is changing the outlook on Ron Rivera and what his the way he's going to coach the rest of the year. Uh, not necessarily coaching for his job. I don't think they change a coach now after this year because of the ownership situation. Okay. So I think it's going to change the way, you know, uh, look, if if all things were the same, and, and they all still might be. I mean, this whole dance, who knows? Yeah. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? But, you know, I could see a sense where, you know, Carson plays below 70% of the snaps, that third, the, the draft pick stays a second-round pick. And you or go to Sam. What, yeah. yeah. You go, it doesn't go to second. Yeah. You play Sam Howe at the end of the year trying to, you know, some generate some sort of spark, some sort of interest Make a case that next year it's going to be exciting if he stays as a coach. Now, mm-hmm. I think he's going to ride. You know, you just go with Carson, and if you keep winning, you got a chance to make the playoffs. You're going to do it. I, I don't think he. I, I think the outlook now is different. That's just the gut feeling I have. I think that just has changed everything. This ownership situation, because I thought before all things remaining equal, I thought. I mean, I think there's no way he's coming back next year. Yeah. Now I've changed my tune on that. So where they go from here, probably lose to Philadelphia on Monday. But then two winnable games against Houston and Atlanta, and then all of a sudden you're six and seven heading into the stretch with the Giants two out of three weeks. Mm-hmm. 
So wait a minute. So you're saying there's, who else is in there? You, uh, you, you thought there was no way Carson was coming back next year or Rivera, coach, and oh, quarterback, wow. and quarterback. I think yeah. Rivera is saved in similar fashion as Norv Turner was saved mm-hmm. in 1998-99. Exactly. The, the ownership transition. Yeah. That is not a company you want to well, keep. <laughs> it's, but, but he but got an extra year. But you can't come in and take a new coach. Yeah, you just, uh, yeah. yeah I, I think that he's saved. He's safe now for next year. The quarterback thing, I have no idea. With Carson Wentz, he's not coming back on this contract. I'll tell you no, that no, right no, 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 no. So no. I had the Burgundy and Gold being a game under 500. Yeah. Uh, halfway through the thing, three, four, and two is your four and five, what have you. I've got them still finishing under 500, maybe making a late charge, you know, if you will. What's the uh, you know, splitting those games against the Giants potentially. Uh, about buys, I know that I've made it my case early and often that the teams that play on Thursday night should uh, play right after the buy. If if they're not going to do that, at least give all 32 teams their bye week from the beginning of October until the end of November. Because you're really doing these teams a disservice by holding their bye until December. Because yeah. whatever they could have recovered from, those injuries have gotten so worse that they're not able to come back from them. So I think that's something that the league should – the league, they're not calling me up once again regarding <laughs> that. But I think the league really needs to take a look at having its bye weeks between the beginning of October and the end of November. And and you will have a better product. You'll have healthier players, and you'll have, you know, better Here, things. But yeah. I, I, I think they're going to finish under 500. I think uh, starting that last game of the season, you're going to have uh, a UNC product, uh, Sam Howell, starting on the day that we honor a Duke grad in Sonny Jurgensen. I think they're out of the playoffs. Uh, they're out of playoff contention the final week or two. And it's one of those that uh, we wait for the dust to settle on the ownership before we figure out what's going to happen in 2020. Well, you close. You you have the the, the Eagles, right. Texans, Falcons, mm-hmm. Giants by Giants, mm-hmm. and then you've got Browns, uh, 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 San Fran, San Francisco, oh, San, Fran, San Francisco, Browns. Christmas, yeah. Browns, Cowboys. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they're getting the nine or ten wins, which I originally had said. But could they get to seven or eight? I don't know. I, I think, don't even think I don't even know if you know. I do think that. Kyle Shanahan still has a grudge and his dad still has oh, a grudge. That is gonna be talk percent. about lumps of coal in the Burgundy and Gold and, stock. And Trent Williams. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's there yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got a they got a few. Merry they Christmas. got a few. And actually to uh sort of piggyback on the uh points you were making about the buys, I, I I've said for years the NFL, what is wrong with you? The middle like four, maybe five right. weeks of the season. Have multiple teams on by. Yeah, you're going to have fewer games for right. that, but I would rather have fewer games for a span of a month mm-hmm. toward the middle of the season so that you're not creating this horrible um, you know, disadvantage right. for a number of teams. And it cuts the other way, too. If you have your bye in like week four, like you don't need a bye at that point. Correct. You're just starting to get rolling, started, yeah. and then you interrupt your momentum, yeah. and then you have this long slog to the end of the season. There are seven, eight now, 18 weeks now in the right. NFL season. If you give te- and there are 32 teams, yep. four teams have each so week far. off, that's eight weeks. So if you give them weeks six through 13 <laughs> off, that means that everybody plays the first five weeks, everybody plays the last five weeks, yeah. everybody gets a week off in that eight-week window. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, it's it, it's it's not it's not rocket science. It's, it's not it's rocket just science. simple numbers. It's, it's simple. That's pretty impressive numbers. what you just did there. Yeah, I, I did that in my head. Too. Oh, we got yeah. a lot of numbers. Yeah, a, lot, right a, lot, down there a lot, too. lot of stuff. There are so many yeah. numbers there. 
So. Like that's just like a beautiful mind. So what's going to happen on Monday? There. Speaking of numbers, yeah, uh, actually, but it's that's, only Tuesday. I'm we the have, last what's person. Today? Wednesday. Yeah, today's Wednesday. But uh, yeah, I, look, it's Monday in their game plan. Here's here's the thing. Tuesday. Tuesday. You're talking about an undefeated team that has a decided home field advantage. You're talking about Washington, a team that historically, both in the short and long term, have been bad on Monday night. So. I don't think there's anybody on the planet who's giving Washington a chance to win this game. Which, so, mean, which means? Which means these are the kinds of games they tend to win. And yeah. then on top of that, look, the Eagles have such a huge rest advantage. They played right. Their last game was uh, last Thursday night. Do you think it's more Correct. rust than rest? Uh, I don't know that it's going to be a rust thing. The thing is Washington has to come out and play lights out. You can't, they, can't, you, you, they can't have uh, Heineke throwing up. Uh, yeah. Especially against the secondary, they yeah. have, they lead the league in interceptions. Yeah. So Heineke's going to have to play clean. As a matter of fact, I would say take the ball out of Heineke's hands. Wouldn't we? I was watching the Tennessee Titans play the other night. Uh, uh, they were playing the Chiefs. Yeah. Their quarterback threw the ball maybe ten times. Right. Malik, yeah. They need to do that. With I, I agree with Heineke. That. I agree with that. And here's the thing: that's the one thing that I mean. You look at this like statistically yeah. with Philadelphia. The one thing they don't do well: they, stop the run. Exactly. They run it well. They pass it well. Defensively, they're number uh, they're top three right. against the pass, but they give up 121.4 yards per game. Yeah, I have on the ground. I have a Washington losing 20 to 16. Okay, in a, in a hard fought game, but for the record. I am one and nine on Monday night <laughs> against the spread. So do that what you will. I'm gonna do the fourth. I'm box. looking forward right. to the press box food in Philly because it is top notch. The oh, oh, the uh, the cheese steaks. The cheese steaks. They don't have in the press box. I'm gonna get that afterwards. All the right. Big pretzels they've got with the mustard. Yeah. Now one o'clock games is the best omelet bar in town. All but right. That's the so. I've been to a Monday <laughs> night game there before. You get the, the hoagies too. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be worth it. All right. Uh, I don't know. I I think to I, to your point, yes, this is a game they come out and win. Heineke pulls out. You know, he's still got the horseshoe. Um, I mean, look, he threw the ball up to Curtis Samuel today. The referee, they're literally the defenders waiting to catch it like a fair catch. Yeah, in the outfield, yeah. and like the referee punt. gets yeah. in the way. Yeah, I mean that's just what goes on now. Yeah. Like it's just. Literally, everybody in the press box is looking around like, this is this guy. And call me crazy. He reminds me a little bit in terms of the quality of play to hype ratio. Mm -hmm. He reminds me a lot of Tim Tebow. Someone else said that the other day. He's very he's a little Tebow-esque. Was that you or someone else? Have we had this it might have been me. It might have been me. Because yeah. I've I have said it before, just yeah. not on this show. Right. But he's he's a little Tebow-esque. Yeah. I, I because I, I mean, fans have printed out T-shirts of him diving for the pylon in a game. I might remind you, I mean, they lost. Yes. So it's just like I mean, the Heineke chants are everywhere now. Yeah. I do one thing I will say, and I get the appeal. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But also, it's a, great, it's a great story. Look, it's a great story. It's a guys, great story. But at some point, the guy's got to play. Yeah. I mean, but look, he's playing himself into a five or six million dollar next contract. I'll tell you that as a backup. Oh sure. sure. Um, I will give Washington fans credit for last week. The okay once. They 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 brought it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, the the it's like a bowl game. It's half and half in the stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, Vikings fans all over the place on their sideline. Our side Washington on the press box side is Washington side. Mm -hmm. But when Kirk threw the interception in the end zone, they started chanting, "You like that?" Now I give them credit for that. Mm -hmm. That's you know, that's good. Yeah. Whereas in the old school, that had been a no brainer right. with the with the former team fans. But yeah. Anyway, the way things are going. But I think um, I just don't know if Heineke is even if the if the Eagles have an off 
Now it takes them a while to get back after the layoff. I still think it's going to be too much. I don't think Heineke has it in him, mm-hmm. or you know Gibson or Brian Robinson have it in him to take to carry this team mm-hmm. to a victory. Do I think it can happen? Sure. It's also take don't don't forget it's also the division thing, the NFC East thing, where anything mm-hmm. can happen. And they've won there before on Monday yeah. nights, and they've won there yeah. you know regular when the games they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's I, I do think they keep it close. I don't know if Philadelphia covers the ten points. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that happens. I think it is going to. I think yeah. they're going to make them Touchdown sweat for it a little bit. Yeah, I think they'll make them sweat for it a little bit. And quite as is kept. I mean, the the first game was it, it wasn't that big a blowout. No, the, Philly did all their scoring in one like big yeah. chunk in the second quarter, and right. they didn't do anything the other three quarters. So I'm not saying Washington could replicate that, but sacks are not enough. Yes. Uh, I saw this statistic. Uh, Hertz has been sacked three or more times in five games this season. They're undefeated, so we can do the math as to how many of those they lost. They've lost, right. So, uh, you know, getting to him for sacks, yeah. I mean, that's great. <clears throat> and, uh, and if I recall correctly, they did in the first game a little bit, but they need to, they need to get the ball. Mm-hmm. They need to they create, need create turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. Philly leads the league in not only takeaways, but the, uh, the, the the they they take it away a lot and they don't turn it over. I think they have three turnovers this season. So you need another one of those. You muff need to punt, have a game punt situations. Yes, you know, yes, you need to have. One of those as a matter of fact, you might have to have a couple of those. Yeah. I would say Washington needs to double their yeah. turnover. Yeah. Uh, so Philly's turned it over three times. I feel like Washington needs to take it away about that many times in this game. They need to turn them into points. Yeah. You know, by the way, they need to run the ball and keep that Philly offense off the field. If they can control the clock, if they can win the turnover battle, they've got an opportunity to stun a lot of people. Yeah, we've seen we've seen Mark Sanchez go in there and win. Remember that? Why you had to, man? Why you had to remind Don't me, man? Say that. Why you had to remind me that he was, I was on there this team? watching that and he handed <laughs> off to Adrian Peterson. He went ninety nine yards, and then. That was the no, he went he went 90 yards and then didn't finish with yeah. 100 that's, yards that's in the right. game. That's right. That's that was right. an NFL record. That's right. <laughs> Jahan Dotson, he needs to be healthy. Son. I don't know if you guys have talked about that. Yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, they, they need... He might. They're hoping he, he's yeah. going to play. Well, uh, it's still earlier in the week, but I'm I think... I'm not saying that Heineke needs to throw the ball 40 times in order for them to win, but he needs to have the weapons. He needs to have the threat of a Jahan Dotson you know, in that, yeah. in that trio uh, to keep Philly somewhat honest and allow... You know the uh, we're not not gonna I'm not gonna say you know the T and L you know uh, lightning but they need the combination just of uh, well I, I said it on my breath oh okay uh, Gibson and uh, Robinson they need uh, <laughs> I they need Dotson on, on the field Sunday if they're gonna come out with a win I would agree um, I I've laid out how Washington can win I just don't think they will I think yeah. they're gonna lose uh, let's say twenty one to thirteen. Oh, so you go eight. I'm going to keep it under. I don't. I don't think they're going to cover. It's ten points right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think they keep it to a touchdown or less. Okay. They lose, but I think it's a touchdown or less. So they cover. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think the Eagles cover. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Bergen Eagles. Yeah. What's your? What's I your had twenty to sixteen, but oh, then again, but then again, I'm one and nine this yeah. season. I'm I'm good at everything except for the Sunday morning uh, games in London. And uh, I'm zero and three in London, and I'm one and nine on. Well, you got actually, Germany this week. Yep, yeah. Uh, and actually. Your uh, West Coast. There's been a lot of West Coast teams playing 1 p.m. kickoffs, and, and they've been and they split. Butchered. They have, but they split last week. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, that, that, that me, killed don't, me. Don't, don't, don't. You know the thing that got <laughs> me was that, do you take <laughs> do you take the Raiders or you take the Jaguars? Because the Jaguars were coming back from London, but the Raiders were the West Coast team playing at one. Mm. What's a guy who tune in next week to team? find yeah, out right. what you do? Oh yeah, yeah. We took the Raiders and <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, all right, so that's uh, that's Washington. Uh, I, I'll tell you what you are good at. If you're not good at making Monday night picks, you are good at uh, college basketball coverage. If you haven't, to this point, read all of Dave Preston's previews for the teams of local interest uh, of uh, college basketball, certainly do so on WTOP.com. You can also get them in the Huddle newsletter, which goes right to your inbox. All you got to do is go on WTOP.com and subscribe. But uh, Georgetown opened, uh, finally got off the schneid. 21 straight, 328 days. days. I was at their previous win. They beat Howard December 15th of last year. I was at that game, and then I was at uh, this game. Yeah, it's one of those. uh, I need your microphone. I need the microphone. Okay, well, (laughs) gosh, you guys are horrible. Yeah, you're probably horrible and accurate. Yeah, so uh, it it was a game that they easily could have lost. Stop that. Game they easily could have lost. Dixon and Coppin State, baby. And uh, after being in Charlotte the day before, yeah, it's one of those. That's it's the like, crazy thing. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like yeah. an NBA schedule yeah. for them. Yeah. I think what's what's great about Division One men's and women's college basketball is that you've got so many different schools playing at different levels. So what's a successful season for say a Georgetown isn't the same as a successful season for Howard, and uh, same case with Maryland and, and the other schools. So it's it's gonna. What I like about November and December is that those are months of discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even show me month, which I think is January once you get into conference play. But you get a chance to, find, especially with all the transfers, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the court over the first two months where you're you're learning these guys and they're learning the coaches. And uh, But Georgetown, huge to see them get off the schneid. Nice to see Maryland begin its first, uh, get its first win under uh, Coach Kevin Willard. Big Friday night in College Park with uh, the Maryland women taking on the defending national champs and number one in the nation, South Carolina. So I prefer college basketball to start a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. but I'm fine when it gets here. Okay. And, I am too. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, another big Terps game being the uh, Maryland football Saturday, team playing yeah. at Penn State. Wouldn't it be something? They're winning this game. I told you that. Wouldn't it be something? They're going to win this week. We're going to circle back to that prediction, yeah. but wouldn't it be something if – the Washington Commanders go into Philly, beat the Eagles the same, let's just call it weekend, yeah. that the Terps go into Happy Valley and stun Penn State. But uh, George already has them winning the I game. I did, because I said in the beginning, and I said it here, they're going to get one of the big right. three wins. Michigan, yeah. Ohio State, Penn State. And I just yeah. think that it's Michigan was close. I definitely liked the way they played last week against Wisconsin. That was that, that yeah, should that not was have terrible. You could blame bad. the weather, but you could also blame the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but so, but I think, and I don't think it's going to be Ohio State. I think it's going to be this week. Yeah, I okay. do. I mean, I I actually agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he doesn't, and I kind of feel like, and I feel like they're due because here's the thing. I was looking at it. <laughs> the Terps have only beaten Penn State three times. Yeah, ever they beat them up there in They've 2020. Never, right, they beat them in 2020. This would be the closest in between wins. wins. Yeah. They haven't right. even they haven't beaten yeah. them in the same decade, yeah. let alone in consecutive trips yeah. to Happy Valley. They beat I think that Baltimore would be Baltimore in the early sixties. They beat him in uh, in Happy Valley in twenty fourteen and in twenty twenty. It's yep. amazing that they've they've yet to beat Penn State at home at home in this right. series. <laughs> right. And in the eighties, as somebody who grew up uh, following college football in the Northeast, every yeah. year it seemed like. 
Penn State would go into College Park or uh, they'd, they'd play the Terps at home and they would escape this ridiculous, they, somehow they'd find a way to win the game and break Maryland's heart. And Maryland under Bobby Ross had some great teams. Yeah. And one of their two losses each of those years was against a Penn State team that was either playing for a national championship yeah. or winning a national title in 82 and 86. So I, 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 the key for Maryland, can they stop the run yeah. this uh, Saturday? They, if you saw last Saturday at Wisconsin, not they, uh, the Badgers were able to grind out a touchdown drive, then they had a big play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, Maryland's got to, and Penn State has a pair of running backs who can – you know, really punish you. So can Maryland stop the run? Can they keep uh, Talia Tungavailoa upright and comfortable? Those are the two keys this Saturday. All right. And go. I'm going to close this out with this because, uh, I mean, I think we were all pretty dumbfounded at the news Monday that the Indianapolis Colts fire Frank Reich. Speaking of Terps, mm. they fire Frank yeah. Reich. How about that? And then literally off the set of ESPN, they hire Jeff Saturday which the only way that could have been more bizarre is if they actually offered him the job while he was on Get Up doing the pancake segment. That would have been funny. So, I mean, look, and a lot of people have made it about race, and you all know that I've written a million columns about the inequity in hiring at you know NFL coaches. This isn't even this about isn't, uh, race no, in no, this not. particular instance. If you look at the Colts, if you look at the Colts staff, they have not one but two former head coaches that are on that staff, including John Fox, who has taken two right. teams to the Super Bowl. I forgot he's on their staff. He is. Yeah. Now he's not a coordinator. Gus right. Bradley's a coordinator. He right. was a head coach in Jacksonville, and, and, yeah. and, and not a very good one, no. granted. But but for somebody to direct the ship for eight weeks or however many games are left on the Colts' schedule, like you could do worse than those guys. To bring a guy from the outside at all is a little odd when you're talking about an interim coach. But to go get a guy off of television and insert him in there into a locker room and think that he has some sort of credibility. And I get that he's an all-time great player for that franchise, and I I, I love him on TV. I'm a little bit bummed that I'm not going to see him on ESPN yeah. anymore. I thought right. he was great on TV. But, I mean, it's a slap in the face to people who are qualified, regardless of the color of their skin. Agreed. Because, I mean, and, and even if you wanted to go that route, Reggie Wayne is on your staff. Mm-hmm. He's already in the building. And so he's, t- he's, a, he's a cold crank. Right, he, exactly. He's a, he's a he was crank. on the Super yeah. Bowl team yeah. just the same as Jeff Saturday. So, I mean, look, it's funny to me, uh, you know, Ursay, after saying everything he said about Snyder, then right. goes and does the most Snyder thing imaginable. And as a matter of fact, Snyder hasn't even done that. That's how ridiculous it is. He tried so, to with Pepper Rogers once. He did. Yeah, that he was did. not going to work out. He did. First since Norm Van Brocklin, to have, the coach to have no – Yeah. Experience. Yeah. The guy won an MVP with the Eagles. The next yeah. year, he was coaching the expansion Vikings. And that was a different era. That was a different era when you exactly. saw a lot of uh, yeah. players immediately step into yeah, right, right, the right. coaching, uh, you know, venue. Not all of them were successful, obviously. You look, but you look at a guy. I think Bart Starr had like one year as a quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach for the Packers. One year as a TV analyst, yeah. and then he got the job in the mid, in the early to mid seventies. Had a great great playing career there, mm-hmm. but. It's it, it floors me and it makes you feel bad for the grinders. Yeah, yeah. The, the guys who are fighting their way, um, you know, putting in the time, staying up until God yeah. knows when, mm-hmm. getting up and and looking at tape, and all of a sudden a dude who does TV yeah. comes in and yep. basically has you, that job. You're just like, <laughs> what the? Do you, you know? think he offered it to Peyton first? 
I'm, oh, that's... I'm, sure, I'm sure he has a standing offer with Peyton Manning. It's like, you know what? If there's ever a time you want to come back and have any job in this organization, I bet let you. me know. Anytime there's a regime change, because they were all celebrating the, somebody, they were all celebrating somebody yeah. last weekend. They're all together. You yeah. think well, he was? Here, here's the thing. Here, here's, here's what I think, and this is not a report. This is just me spitballing here. I think he wanted Peyton to be the GM mm. and then get one of these other cats like uh, Saturday, because uh, I was actually reading this morning that they were trying to get Saturday in the organization as an assistant coach. Okay. So if he's your offensive line coach, no problem whatsoever. With that's move, that, yeah. that's Bro. still that's still kind of cheating ahead in the line, but it's still, you know, it's st- it still at least creates a perception that you're trying to get this guy to pay his dues a little bit. But you know, to, to just bring him in off the street, the guy hasn't been in pro football so, for ten years. No. It's just mind boggling. I, I know we're running out of time. No, but, we are. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's do real quick. <laughs> what is the equivalent? And I have my answer. What's yeah. the equivalent of? Since this is a Snyder move, yeah. who's the player, Snyder? What's the equivalent of this organization? Oh, Clinton Portis. I was going to say Chris Cooley. <laughs> I say Chris Cooley becomes the head coach. I said Cooley or Kerrigan. Kerrigan's now coaching, but yeah. I think if before yeah. this year, he, Kerrigan could have been the guy. I would say I would say Clinton Portis. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how great those press conferences would be? Would he Would he be in character? Oh, yeah. He'd have to Yeah, be. Sheriff going to get you. Yeah. Uh, Coming see, to the right, post-game yeah. podium. Cooley, I Cooley also. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah those see, that, are, wasn't, that wasn't bad. No, that wasn't bad at okay. all. Good. That wasn't bad at That'll all. That'll make the final cut. And you know what? I don't think this episode was bad. I think we had a lot of fun here today, okay. and I hope you had fun with us. This was another episode of the D.C. Sports Huddle. It's sponsored by MGM National Harbor for the latest in Washington sports. Visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. Hopefully, Burgundy and Gold fans get to experience that in Philadelphia on Monday nights. I am Rob Woodfork. This is George Wallace, Still not Dave Preston, and we Still are going not. to. You're going to break the huddle. Do I have to grab your hands? No, I got to grab I'm not, your hands. I'm not grabbing hands. It's going to be. It's going to be on camera. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you're right. I don't. But we will break the huddle. On time again. That was fun. Huh? Yeah, look at huh? You,